You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Morning, Bucknutters. It is Wednesday, December 15th, 2021. I am Dan Rubin. This is the Bucknuts Morning Five and Change. It is the first day of the early signing period. We are coming to you a bit later than usual today. We needed to respond to news that would have been rendered obsolete had we recorded earlier. We appreciate the people's champ, Matt Baxendale, for waiting it out. Bax, how goes it? Well, not as good as it could have been after the news about a certain cornerback from Texas and some fun with some boosters in NIL, but we'll get to that. Either way, it's a, it's a start of early signing period, so you can't complain when Ohio State still is sitting on the fourth class in the country. Ohio State has the number four recruiting class as of this taping. Obviously, everything is fluid, but the number four overall class, it is a fantastic class. I would say headlines by a quarterback in Devin Brown and a trio of linebackers that we will get to. But the news of the day is not good. Defensive back Terrence Brooks, who has been verbally committed to Ohio State since June the 30th. Kerry Combs was down there to visit him recently. He was apparently locked and loaded. Unfortunately, he was locked and loaded for a closer destination. He flipped to Texas. There's talk of NIL. There's talk of the Quinn Ewers influence. What do you make of Terrence Brooks flipping to the Longhorns at the last minute here? Uh, the only thing I can make of it is what I think happened and what I think we're seeing with a lot of these changes is that the NIL money that's coming in is, is, is getting preposterous in places. Um, I fully support people get, getting paid what they're worth. We've all talked about this before this became a thing, saying it's ridiculous kids can't make money on their likenesses. But the reality is, this isn't, you know, a couple car dealerships promised him some money. This is Texas weaponizing NIL to be able to take all the money in that program, to be able to put it in a format that allows these kids to straight up make money, like, you know, entry-level college graduates in a technical field, every year they're on campus. Texas is way ahead of the curve, and the state of Texas is turning into a legalized version of what the 80s were in terms of player inducements to go to schools. We were lucky we held our other Texas commitment with Caleb Burton, to be real honest, but that's going on down there with A&M and with UT. Ohio State needs in the next year to formalize its NIL process. If you're a rich guy listening to this show, and I know there's plenty of you, and I'm not talking the guy who's working a good job and trying to pay for his kid's college. I'm talking the dude who owns businesses that is advertising. I'm talking the guys who are making bank. I'm talking the guys who are sitting on that Lex, Les Wexner money. It's time to match what Texas is doing because if you're one of those people who's been donating to Ohio State because you love Ohio State football and you love the program succeeding, right now the most tangible thing you can do is A, make sure Ryan Day gets paid when, when Gene Smith calls you, and B, get to work on matching what Texas is doing with 
NIL, because Ohio State is not going to get kids from down south when Alabama does this, when Florida does this, when Georgia does this. It's going to be the basic playing field right now. So Ohio State, all the booster people with the national name, image, and likeness side of things, it's time to step up and shell out because that's what the game is becoming right now. And that's why Terrence Brooks is in Texas still. This is going to reach a crescendo, especially with Brooks flipping. And as we are recording this, there's talk of the number one player in the country, Travis Hunter, possibly flipping to Jackson State. So come on. What's going to come out in the days to come, I believe, is not the issue of funds. There is no question Ohio State has plenty of money and plenty of people willing to give the money. It's going to be the administration's view of NIL. If that doesn't change right now, it's, let's just say, very conservative infrastructure wise. If that doesn't change, then it's going to be a disadvantage going forward. Say the other thing from an infrastructure point of view is Ohio State has like the biggest compliance department in the country, right? What, what are we worried about complying with anymore? There's no NCAA investigations about paying kids because that's straight up happening now as part of NIL. So wh- why don't we turn that compliance side into an NIL support side and repurpose those administrative people who aren't doing anything anymore? So just a thought, but that might be another thing Ohio State could do because I don't want to be sitting here in a year going like the Michigan fans have for 15 years. Oh, it's academics. Oh, with Michigan, we won't do that. Ohio State, we better do that, or we're not going to be successful, period. This is going to be a competitive thing. We are off the moral bandwagon here. The the rules are gone. Um, One is a philosophical discussion on how you think things should be done, and one is a practical discussion on how things are getting done. Ohio State has been a program of action in the past. Just like Beck said, it's probably going to take some pressure from those of you with pockets much fatter than mine. Let's talk about the class, the positives. I thought last year's class was headlined by a defensive line hall where you could probably pop four guys into the starting lineup next year. And they also had a quarterback from out West and Quinn Ewers. Now this year, it's the linebacker hall. Three in-state stars, C.J. Hicks, Sonny Styles, and Gabe Powers. Hicks and Styles, the second and third highest rated linebackers Ohio State has ever attracted. The quarterback is Devin Brown, this time from Utah, not a kid from Texas. How excited are you about the linebackers? And given where the program has been, it does seem like they have clearly addressed a giant need. Yeah, to say the least. And they got a little bit of a benefit with Styles reclassifying. Uh, you know, this is a guy who was I think he was the number one player in Ohio next year, and he ends up being a number two this year by a squeaker with the reclassification. Uh, now, in the, the era of NIL, I get worried about a kid who reclassifies up. We already got burned by that once, right? And you have to hope that Styles has the patience because he might not necessarily be on the field right away. And as we've seen, patience in college football right now is not a uh, common thing. So that I have a little pause there just based on the whole Ewers situation, how it didn't pan out well for Ohio State. But it's very clear with Hicks, with Powers, with Styles that Ohio State is looking to upgrade a position that frankly this year wasn't very good. And I think with a coach coming in and Jim Knowles, who's a linebacker-centric guy, that's also going to help these guys be able to develop at a quicker rate. Look, it's, it's no secret that Ohio State's best linebacker this year was the guy who had a couple years in the running back room, Steel Chambers. That obviously can't continue at a place like Ohio State. And so you've got some young guys who are coming in that I don't know if they're going to play right away because you never know. Uh, But at a place like Ohio State with the talent level that we're talking about, 
you never count them out either. We've had plenty of kids come in and start right away and play right away significant minutes. We've seen it this year. We've seen it almost every year. So if one of those guys comes in and all of a sudden just says, yeah, I'm one of the linebackers, then that's a great thing for OSU because obviously the pedigree is there as well. So this class certainly addressed a lot of the defensive things that we've been wondering about. Uh, One of the big, I guess, reputations Ryan Day has gotten as a recruiter is that he crushes it offensively and his defensive class is only starting to catch up. So, and, and with losing Terrence Brooks, by the way, this is now two out of four classes for Ryan Day where our top rated cornerback from out of state has flipped to the home state school late in the process. So, uh, you know, this is something that we're still going to be working on at Ohio state and hopefully with the arrival of Jim Knowles will help that going forward. But, I think Ohio State certainly addressed the needs at linebacker. And while we're at it, they also certainly addressed the needs at quarterback because we were at one point in time talking about Quinn Ewers being part of this class uh, before all the shenanigans with the money that's gotten involved has led to just sheer craziness. But getting a kid like Devin Brown is a heck of a backup option. You're talking about top 60 national kid. I don't necessarily know that he won't have the opportunity to be a better college quarterback than Quinn Ewers. He just doesn't have the same sheer arm talent so this is a this is a pretty good quarterback that they brought in to replace it folks uh let's not let's not act like he's a replacement this is a front of line player so there's a lot of nice things about this class even with losing brooks it's still fourth in the country and it's not done remember this is the early period so there's some good stuff in this group there's no question about it but the highlight like you said dan is definitely the linebacker i'm gonna try to make four quick points here one yours versus brown there are some people in 24-7 who I trust who like Brown better. This is not a physical issue with him. He is supremely gifted. Number two, with the NIL, I do think the guys that are going to flip are going to be the locals. For example, if you want to win a national championship, you can't go to Texas. you got to go to Ohio State, Alabama, et cetera. However, I think that decision will be jaundiced going forward by – you can stay home. You may not win a national championship, but you'll make an extra hundred grand a year. I think that will tip the scales. The linebacker hall looks a lot more like the Ryan Shazier, Darren Lee types that we won a national championship with. And my fourth point, everybody who thought Denzel Burke was the gold standard of the defensive back we brought in last year, please raise your hand. And I can see no one has their hand raised. Corner is a very difficult position to project. Nobody in the program thought Brooks was going to come in and start. Very good player, tremendous prospect that we missed out on. But the idea that he would come in here and start day one is just flawed. Quick break, and we'll come back and wrap this up. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. All right, we are back. The latest name to join the fold was yesterday. Long thought to be a Buckeye. It came down to Alabama or Ohio State for defensive lineman Caden Curry. Your thoughts on the addition of the Indiana star. Anytime you beat Alabama out for a defensive lineman, you've done something right. Uh, it's the most basic way I can put it, right? Bama is a machine at sending kids to the league, just like Ohio State has been. So 
when you have those two schools fighting over a prospect, he can be from Indiana, he can be from Canada, he can be from Timbuktu. It means he's a legit prospect. So this is a big win for OSU, right? Uh, I think a lot of people look at these ratings like they're gospel. And you kind of touched on this, Dan, with the Denzel Burke thing. Like, Denzel Burke was the third or fourth-rated corner in last year's class. And he's the first corner in memory to come out and be a stud as a freshman right away. I mean, he's better than Denzel Ward was this early. So, you know, th- there's, there's a lot of uncertainty. You know, 24-7 does an unreal amount of work to rank these kids, to get you what they project them as. But there's still an element of an unknown, right? And Caden Curry might end up being a top five player for all we know. Because if Ohio State and Alabama are both after a D lineman, it means he's a heck of a player. And I, I'm excited to see what Ohio State's D lineman class is going to do here back-to-back with the class that was Tyleek Williams and JTT and Jack Sawyer. You know, this is a good group of talent. You certainly won't be able to say that Ohio State's D-line doesn't have the talent to win in the years moving forward. All right, Bax, wrap this up. There's usually some prevailing narratives when it comes out of a day this big. One, who will be the positive vibe and who will be the negative vibe when it comes to the Buckeyes? Well, I think the positive vibe for all of us is going to be the stuff we just touched on, the linebackers, the quarterback, and the receiver group that Ohio State has. That's going to be the big positive. That's all, that, I mean, that is a huge positive, right? And I think there's a couple lower-rated kids in this class that aren't necessarily getting talked about. But what happens with every class? And this is so important to remember. If you're one of the people who hasn't paid as much attention to recruiting in the past, or if you are, Darren Lee was one of the lowest rated players in his class. Darren Lee was a first round pick and a critical part of a national championship team starting for multiple years. He was recruited as a safety. He was a linebacker star at Ohio state for a couple of years. So that's just an example of how not always do the ratings necessarily match where they need to be. Look at a kid like Dallin Hayden. He's a kid who could be a really good player for Ohio state. Uh, even Avery Henry. Like everybody's like, why is Ohio State taking a kid ranked less than, lower than a thousand and thousand in the country? Well, clearly Ohio State saw something there. And I don't know if this is Trey LaRue. I don't know who this is gonna end up being, but I'm intrigued when Ohio State just takes something so far off the board and doesn't even blink at it. I mean, Ohio State's coaches are smart. So if they think that they had the scholarship offer to get this kid, then let's do it. Now I think the negative takeaway we've hit a lot on here, it's gonna be the uncertain future surrounding the NIL process. And the fact that it's costed Ohio State a player like Terrence Brooks. The bottom line here is, is that there have to be major changes. And those major changes aren't necessarily with Ryan Day and company. They're going to be in the support for Ryan Day and company. Like, of course, Ryan Day needs a raise. And, of course, we need a Jim Knowles to come in and take over the D. But the big negative here is, is Ohio State going to react the way they need to to reach this new world of recruiting? Because if you're not able to get the Florida kids, the Texas kids, the California kids that Ohio State has consistently got over the last couple of years, it's harder and harder to build a national championship caliber team with only Ohio and Midwest kids. And the financial inducement aspects of all this now, these coaches are going to have to go in and essentially say, you know, talk to this person about all the opportunities around Columbus because they're technically not allowed to walk in and go, here is a package of $3 million worth of endorsements you can make in the next four years or something, right? They're not allowed to do that right now. But that process of what the thin line between the NIL allows and doesn't allow needs to be narrowed as much as possible. And the resulting bank of recruiting support 
from all you people out there who have the means to do so, time to pony up. That's where we're at right now, and that's the big narrative that's going to be coming out of an otherwise successful signing day for Ohio State. And we need those people to pressure the administration and let them write some checks. When all is said and done, people, I do think the biggest move Ohio State made was going and getting Devin Brown to replace Quinn Ewers. You have to have a franchise quarterback going forward in football. They've got three. The future is bright. All goals remain intact. We appreciate the people's champ stopping by. Have a good one, Bucknutters.